Welcome to Queer Christian Conversations, the podcast where we explore the intersection of queer identity and Christian faith. I'm your host, Coach Yema, and I'm here to guide you through this journey. As an LGBTQ plus affirming Christian coach, I know firsthand that navigating these two identities can be complex, especially when fear, shame, and doubt are involved. That's why on this podcast, I'll be sharing my own experiences, insights, and strategies to help you feel confident in your relationship with God. We'll cover a range of topics from how to reconcile your queer identity with your faith to practical tips for building a strong spiritual foundation. Together, we're going to dive deep into the issues that matter the most to you. So whether you are a Christian who is queer, looking to connect with others who share your journey, or someone who's curious about how these two identities can coexist, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's have some queer Christian conversations. Happy Friday, or whenever you are listening to this, I am so excited to have part two of our conversation, Queer and Blessed Beyond your faith beyond the clobber passages. And today we're going to be jumping into sexuality, gender, as far as it relates to the patriarchy and how we have such averse relationships with our bodies, with our sexualities, and how the root of all of that is not some innate hatred toward same gender loving relationships or even sexual acts it really is stemming from a desire to control the feminine body in order for economic gain because the truth is y'all okay we are now living in the capitalistic dream of the white elite male. Because when I talk about patriarchy, I'm not just saying men have all of the privileges and all of the women in society are screwed. Patriarchy was set up by the 1% and it is for the benefit of the 1%. So we all who are under that are suffering. And I'll give you a little bit of insight into this by putting you in my business a little bit, okay? So, <laughs> listen, I was dating this African man and we were discussing marriage. We were planning on getting married and we had to have the conversation about what our views were when it comes to marriage. And in the process of that conversation, I discovered that, and it's so funny that I didn't, (laughs) it sounds weird to say that I discovered because I know this person, I just was not aware of their traditional views when it comes to man and woman in a relationship because obviously this person knows that I'm queer, We've had conversations about open relationships and so very modern in that sense of how they navigate relationships. But when it came to the institution of marriage, their views were very, very traditional. And what I discovered in that relationship and in those conversations was 
men desire the dream that's been sold to them and I'm speaking here obviously of heterosexual males desire the dream of ownership of a woman of her taking his last name as some sort of honor and then having her in the home to support his dream now we can't fault them for that because that is the dream sold to them from Genesis 1, right? And we're going to get into Genesis and really take us from the first Adam to the second Adam in this conversation today. And what I realized is that just as much as women are victims of this patriarchal dream, men who do not have the financial capabilities are also victims of this patriarchal dream of the nuclear family. Even to the point of depression and anxiety in these men when they cannot define themselves beyond being a provider and a protector. And so when I speak about patriarchy, when we talk about patriarchy today in this conversation, it is not a male bashing conversation. I love men. I enjoy men. (laughs) I love having masculine energy around when it comes to energies. I am attracted to people who have the bodies of women and carry a disproportionate amount of masculine energy. I'm really into... um, soft studs I think it's I don't want to get this term wrong and I know studs is very specific to black um, women but I'm attracted to stems right and so yeah all of that to say please as we're having this conversation and if you're a male listening to this this is not bashing of men at all this is getting us to an understanding of where this homophobia is coming from to help you disconnect this idea that man and woman were the original design from the will of God. That there is an actual origin of where these ideas are coming from. And just because it's been happening for the past 4,000 plus years does not mean that it has always been this way. That there was a way society was ordered before these 4,000 years of the patriarchal God that was very much honoring of the different ways that human beings interacted romantically and sexually with each other. That homosexuality and lesbianism and bisexuality was very much a part of culture that was welcomed and celebrated. And so when we talk about acknowledging and affirming queer identity we're not saying this as something that is a new concept as if from the beginning of time it was not like this and now we're trying to bring in something new we're not trying to bring in anything new this is something that we are returning to because the bible does speak about that There is really nothing that is new under the sun. 
And so the movement that we see as brand new and radical and earth shaking (laughs) and moving, you know, your existence is not new, right? There's not more queer people in the world than there were before. I mean, statistically, there's more people. And so, you know, take the how you may, you know, our mathematicians out there, me being one of them. So it is not, you are not, your existence, your desires, your uh, way of existing and being in the world is not new. It is ancient. You are an ancient being, the way that you interact with your body and your sexuality, your desire to be in, embodied is is a return to your roots, beloved. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we jump into all of that, I want to share a testimony. Testimony time! So... I want to brag on my client Blake today because today is Blake's wedding day. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited and so, so proud and just really uh, blown away by this man and the time that we got to work together. Blake is a Caucasian male who is in the United States, who's from the US, that I got a chance to work with this year. And Blake came to me as someone who was really struggling with anxiety in his body. Because intellectually, he knew that God affirmed him. He knew that the way that the Bible was being interpreted to harm him and other queer people just did not line up with, excuse me, with how he saw or interacted with God. But in his body, there was a lot of anxiety because this is what really happens. We can mentally ascend to the logic of if we exist, then we must be part of God's order and God's will. And if God is a loving God, there is no way that I will be penalized for something that I did not choose. And I don't care however we want to spin that and have understanding of that, which we're going to be talking more about. And I'm going to be giving some clarity um, to that in this episode. But Blake was able to mentally ascend in his conscious mind. But in his subconscious mind, there was a battle between this is God's way, the straight hetero way, and the gay way is the devil's way. And there was a lot of fear surrounding that. And so when we started working together, Blake's body anxiety and fear was at a 10 plus, right? By the time we were done working together, I'm so excited to say it was down to a two. And the work that we did was very intense around hard conversations that most people are not ready to have out in the open with anyone, even with a coach. And I'm speaking about the real echoed fear and concern about the way that we have sex as queer people. 
and the a shame that is surrounding that, especially for gay males, because for lesbian, bisexual women or non-binary people who enjoy, um, you know, that kind of sex, <laughs> I don't want to get too graphic. Uh, there's not a lot of shame around that. It's fetish. It's fetishized. Fetishized. Am I saying that right, y'all? Um, it is a fetish for two women to be seen being sexual with each other. But with men, it is more intensely preached that this is an abomination. How can you have sex in this way when the biology and how we're set up is not built to be that way? And lo and behold, okay, if you have not heard this before... The um, G-spot for men are in their anal cavity, okay? And so it's not (laughs) anywhere else. And so there's curiosity around why that would happen that way if it was not meant to be pleasurable. So those real biological, physical, uncomfortable conversations about sex, Blake and I were able to have and really shed light on that from the perspective of God as a God of pleasure and God of creativity and diversity and pleasure. That pleasure is not synonymous with procreation when it comes to sex, even with heterosexual people. And that's part of the disservice that patriarchy has done to our society by not highlighting the the bodies of women in the way that wombed people reproduce and that it's not tied to uh, procreation that procreation and pleasure are not tied and so because we have not explored the the female's body and how she interacts with pleasure and sex it's been a vacuum of information that applies to all of us as human beings in this earth and so for men this idea that you cannot procreate when you're having sex has been very much ingrained with guilt and shame and all that is included with that guilt and shame because what the church teaches is that guilt and shame actually helps us become better but that's a lie uh psychologically guilt and shame actually perpetuates our cycle of guilt and shame so it doesn't actually help you do anything but continue in behaviors that cause more guilt and shame. And so for Blake and I, we were able to work on that and bring that anxiety in his body down to a two and other other things that were practical, right? Grounding yourself in the earth and getting closer to uh, the earth and, and being connected to your breath and connected to your body. All of these things that we have unfortunately not been taught in Christianity and we've been very much disembodied in Christianity we were able to bring around for Blake so that he could get ready for his wedding today so it was kind of like a pre-marriage counseling in my head although we did not explicitly call it that but I was really excited to begin working with Blake and to see the amount of work and intentionality that Blake put into the time that we spent together and his partner and with God, just so amazing. And Blake has such a heart to help and serve young people 
I'm just really floored every time God brings someone into my sphere of influence to to assist with the knowledge that I have so that they can be set free in that area because the people that I work with are rock stars, okay? Rock stars. And Blake is one of them. And so Blake, if you're listening to this, happy, happy wedding day. You will be getting a message from me because I'm actually pre-recording this. So I'm actually recording this on Thursday. So if you're listening to this, you probably already got my message. So congratulations from all of us here at the Confidently Queer family. And I cannot wait to see those wedding pictures. And yeah, so if you want to work with me and you are in a partnership that is moving towards marriage and you're having a lot of questions and concerns, because what I found is we are we can be very comfortable in a relationship when it's not a relationship that we see going into the future as far as marriage is concerned. And so those heavy questions about God's will doesn't really come up. Um, sometimes maybe in our sexual interactions they may come up because it doesn't look like what we're used to seeing in the movies on porn or you know, and everywhere else in school and biology classes and anatomy and all of that. But for the most part, the triggering moments come up when we start to talk about the future and start to talk about spending our life with someone. That's when these heavy bouts of anxiety and depression can start to hit us and so if you are in that situation and trust me i'm speaking from experience because fun fact about me (laughs) um i've had this conversation uh about marriage and spending my life with someone i kind of don't want to say that just in case the person i'm gonna marry is listening to this (laughs) have been engaged a lot but I've had this conversation at least three or four times okay and so I'm speaking from experience when I can say that the heavy fears and anxieties do come up once the long-term lifetime conversations start happening so if you're in that place and you're experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression and you are not able to find your way out you've read the books you've done the google searches you've listened to the youtube videos you've listened to the podcast and there's still this underlying fear that is not going away please slide into my dms let's have a conversation and see if working together is the very next best step for you all right so let's get into the topic beloved so let's jump right into it now this conversation is going to be a connecting the dots conversation for us last episode was me really trying to i should say part one of queer and blessed was really me trying to share the download that i had received from spirit that morning after my week of study and it was a little different because I was trying to make sure that I was saying all of the things. And so when I listened to the episode, it sounded a little bit choppier than I usually am able to share because I was trying to read the notes and talk at the same time. And because I was not able to do that in a way that really flowed for me, um, I went ahead and shared the actual notes to the download that I received in our IG channel. And so if you're not following on Instagram and you're not part of the IG channel, please go ahead and hop on into there. I think it's just 
a link and you just joined. So I don't think it's anything too intense, okay? So today's conversation is going to be me connecting the dots for all of us. And what I want to really do on this episode is to simplify the progression of why and how we got to where we are right now by really comparing the society that existed at the time that the writings of the Bible was happening to where we are today and to understand that there was a beginning and the beginning is not Genesis 1. There was more before that and so when we follow the thread of human history and the creation and the formation of this patriarchal society by the white or European elite male, we can see how we really reflect the God that we serve. And I have a question towards the end of this that if it comes up naturally, I'll let it come up. I really was going back and forth of whether I should be asking this question on this episode or on this podcast, but I really believe that my listeners are sophisticated listeners and for those and what I mean by that is that you're able and you're here listening because you want to be stretched beyond what we normally hear on social media, the echo chamber of the clobber passages and Gala's gaze and all of that to really expand beyond all of that to really to have a relationship with the divine but one that has been contemplated and thought through so if that question comes up it'll come up and i'll let you know which question it is when it does come up if it comes up but that's just kind of a uh, brace yourself. <laughs> this conversation is going to be good, honey. So let's start with what the society was in the beginning when human beings started to become conscious, started to have language, started to have culture. When human beings looked around the world, what they saw when as it relates to their own bodies was that the female body was mirroring what they saw in nature and so the correlation was made that the woman must be the image of god must be the incarnation of god in the earth and so all of the feminine aspects was deified and started to be worshipped right because you see the woman's body uh the male body cannot have babies, right? And so here she is, and at the time, which for me, doing this study, this part was very side-eye-ish for me because they were saying how women did not know in the beginning that it was from having sex that the male was depositing something that created a baby, physically depositing something that created a baby. They thought he somehow was carrying a spirit, like inviting a spirit, from somewhere to come in and the spirit you know I mean it's sounding very much like the virgin birth but it's very it's complicated to explain because I'm still not able to wrap my mind around how they believe that as women because I just <laughs> believe women are very smart and so it's, it's a struggle for me to really believe that when they say they were not clear on how babies were being had but generally what the belief uh, understanding is is that they were not clear 
about how this whole new person coming into the world thing was happening in a woman's in the woman's body how it got there and so she was seen as very mystical very magical right and she also her body was synced with the earth because women have 13 cycles menstrual cycles which the moon goes through 13 cycles and so they use women's bodies to tell time and women were the the agriculturalist right and they were the medicine people and they were the healers and you know if you're listening and it's starting to sound like oh this sounds like maybe what the church has demonized as witchcraft and has demonized as um, demonic yes right and i'm going to tell you why in a second so ancient culture looking at our bodies and looking at the world said well listen you know this this body that we have that's in the woman, she must be closer to God. And so women naturally became the priests and became the leaders and became the landowners. And it wasn't questionable about um, how legacy and inheritance was to happen because obviously, because they didn't at the time connect man <laughs> taking part, which is, I'm telling y'all, this is, that does not connect for me because there i know for one there are children that look exactly like their daddy okay spin image um my favorite person in the world my cousin her kids not the last one even then it really her kids look exactly like the person <laughs> like she didn't doesn't even look like she was present when she had these babies when they were making the babies so that's a struggle for me but either way i digress uh, because there was this disconnect and understanding of how the male was par participating in the birthing and the bringing forth of children, it was not difficult for them to say, you had this baby, it's your baby. If there's lands in the family, it's going to go to your baby, right? And there was no confusion around that. Introduce now the group of people called the Indo-Europeans who came with their sun god that was uh, a male god a patriarchal way of looking at the at the divine comes in now and is coming in stark rejection of the female as something to be deified and to be worshiped that god was a feminine that god was a woman and so that process took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of where the mythology of these goddess worshiping people started to be infiltrated and changed and adopted and adapted really to fit the male patriarchal way of looking at the divine. And so we see, for example, in the, in the garden, um, if you were not aware of this, the snake, the serpent was iconic i'm going to say because i can't think of a better word right now but that um the tree and the symbol of the snake was very very much prevalent and synonymous with goddess worship and so we get to the garden and this mythology of the goddess and the snake and the tree and the woman now are flipped and everything now becomes demonized, right? And so the story that we hear and read in the Bible of how a father God 
created the world and how human beings, the first human came from a man, you can see now with understanding that brief history, how the original design was actually a redesign of what ancient cultures at that time saw and believed as the way that the world was created, which would have been through a woman's body. And because there's nothing new under the sun, we can see throughout the Bible from the first Adam to the second Adam that there has been an inclusion of the ideas of goddess worship and the stories that were surrounding the ancient Jewish priests that wrote these stories being included and retold and redesigned and re, um, uh, reenacted to fit the patriarchal view, the male god, and how they worship that male god in order for them, because like I said before, our culture and who we are reflects the god that we worship. And so if god is a male, it makes no sense that the priest will be a priestess. It must be a priest, right? You must go through a man to talk to God who is a man. And so that's how we get to where we are now of where we are living in the... <laughs> this isn't going to sound... Uh, this is going to sound disrespectful, but we are living in the acid dream of the Indo-European male and how they envision God. And why this is important to say in that way is because I myself personally have read through the Bible and I've had many beautiful mystical experiences with God. Because this conversation is not about Christianity in the sense that do you believe, are you a Christian, are you not a Christian? We're not having that conversation. The conversation that we are having is who is God? And who has God been and how has God been experienced as culture has progressed? Because when we're looking at the culture from an anthropological and historical standpoint, we can see the thread of humanity reflecting the God that they worship. And we can say that we create the God that we worship. But God is still God. There is still a God or goddess that is a creator. I believe that there is a creator. I believe that there is a God. Whether it's a God or a goddess, a creator or a creatress, I believe that we are created beings. And I believe that in the stories of the Bible and in, in my meditations of the Bible, my mystical experiences that I have had and still continue to have in my meditation times with God happened because the truths of the goddess worship, of how people interacted with God as a woman, are still very much present in how mystics interact. And I'll just, I wouldn't even say mystics, Christians in general, people who read the Bible, people who believe the Bible. It's still present in the stories. It's still present in the second Adam. It's still present in, in the stories because and I'll use scripture for this, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That God 
will communicate God's self, whether through the patriarchal lens and how that gets interpreted, because we know living in today's society, how the Bible was used to, yes, to promote and fight for enslaving of black people and now is being used was used to fight for the subjugation of women the dominance of women and now is being used for the destruction of queer lives men people human beings translate god into our image and that's a heavy statement and i know that as the queer community we are oftentimes accused of doing this exact thing but when you follow history they have been doing it for four thousand years so if anyone comes to you <laughs> and says you're just creating god in your own image you can ask them well, when did God become tribalistic? When did God become a colonizer? When did God become all of these things? Because according to the Bible, God is these things. So you help me understand, right? And this is why we can have our faith beyond the clobber passages because the thread of history communicates to us that yes, our cultures reflect the God that we have created in our image to support our goals. Now, in our image being for patriarchy, again, the Indo-European white male elite. Because their God, and the story and history of this is, it's so intricate and so, I don't wanna say complex, but reading it is complex, but I wanna bring up this point about how we have the Yahweh, the war God that we have today that is about money and you see that reflected in the mega churches and in the male pastors and having only a male staff. Even at the ministry that I worked for, the CEO when he came in was intentional about hiring women and people of color and I don't like that term, people of color, um, hiring, you know, me. <laughs> black people into into leadership and after leaving now going back because uh, he's no longer working there it's returned to a completely white male leadership only because I'm not gonna say for some reason because of this conversation we know why that white men are seen as those who are closer to God because of the history of these past 4,000 years. And the part of the history that I wanna bring up that's gonna tie in to Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel that really brought a lot of light and understanding for me that I wanna bring up for you because I always had this question too about why was God so mad at Cain? Cause he wasn't, he wasn't doing nothing, right? So the culture that we have, the two, cultures that were existing um, in this time as we transitioned from a matriarchal society to a more patriarchal society that we find ourselves in right now 
is in matriarchal society, they were not nomadic. They would stay in the land, they would farm the land, they would be subject to the natural cycles of the land, of the earth. And so that's something that's so interesting for me now as I'm living in Mexico, this is a side note, that going to the store, there are things that are seasonal and there's new fruit and new vegetables and things and you have to adjust what you're cooking to what is available because they're not going to go fly in oranges from California if there's no oranges here. It's not the season for it. You're not eating oranges this season. Go find you something else. Go get you some strawberries. I don't know if those exist in the same season. Don't quote me on that. But it's what was happening back in agriculture. It still happens in agricultural societies till this day where we are subject to how the earth, the cycles of the earth. And so we're not trying to change it. We're not trying to manipulate it. We're not doing any of that. We're, we're here and we're subject to this. Versus now the Indo-Europeans who were a nomadic people, and I'm, gen- I'm speaking generally here, who were a nomadic people that were traveling, right? Children of Israel moving throughout the earth. Um, but they were traveling and they were moving. And so they were not subject to what the land that was theirs was doing. And so they were more now concerned with overtaking other lands that were beneficial to them. And when it was no longer beneficial to them, they would move on to another land and overtake that. And if it was no longer beneficial, they would move on and overtake that, right? Fighting and war and pillaging and all of, and all of the stories that we see in the Old Testament of the Jewish, the Israelites, right? The children of Israel as they're going throughout these lands and God saying, well, and I've, the whole earth is the Lord's and I've given you this, even though there are people in the land, right? And now we see how it's very easy for Europeans to come into America and feel very affirmed by God to do what they were doing uh, because it's in the Old Testament. This is how things work, right? God is a God who is not, uh, is tribalistic in the Old Testament. God is going to fight for you to take over someone else's land. And last, let's now take it back to Cain and Abel. So Cain was an agriculturalist and Abel was not. Abel was, um, had sheep and would, you know, was a hunter and all of those different things. Was He was more nomadic. While Cain was working on the land. And so now Cain, in this male God's perspective, is not good because this is reminiscent of goddess worship. And so woman in Genesis becomes the reason of all sin. Her womb isn't is no longer the magical portal of where spirits come into the world. It is now cursed with pain and the nuclear family and heterosexual marriage is her curse that she now will only have desire not to know God, not to interact and be embodied in her body, not to love herself, but to have desire only for her husband. When I was dating this man that I mentioned earlier, as I was studying and trying to prepare um, for marriage, and I was going through the Bible to try to understand, I came across the scripture and read it in new eyes and saw it very clearly. But then I went, and we've all had this happen, I went to go listen to some 
preaching about it and they were completely flipping it. And I even called one of my sisters who very much aligns herself with the Bible and how the Bible teaches gender roles and all of that. The scripture that says part of her curse was that her desire would be for her husband. There is no, I looked up the words, y'all know me. I went in there and I looked it up and there was no, there was no different way of reading that. It was that her desire would be only for her husband. And so part of her curse was to be with him. (laughs) Part of her curse was to be with a man, honey. So then we see that partaking of the the fruit and this is just very much we're looking at the historical viewpoint because you all know I've preached the spiritual views of this but when they were writing this they weren't speaking of spiritual things <laughs> they were trying to retell you a story about how the world was created in a very in their practical way of telling the story and so The tree now that is supposed to be enlightening, which was part of God's worship, is now evil and brings upon death. And I mean, it's a complete reversal of all of the the cultural things that are happening at this point. And then you fast forward to the second Adam, to our beloved Jesus, and the way that the story of Jesus is told in the New Testament and how um, instead of a woman, because I've asked God this question before, I don't know if it was way back before when, and I don't know if I stayed still enough to hear the answer of why Jesus had to be a man, why Jesus couldn't come as a woman, right? And why Christ couldn't be a woman. I have yet to sit still enough, I think, to answer that question, but looking historically at the writers of the scripture and maybe for the times, how things happened, here we are. So the feminine aspects of humanity is very much present in the person of Jesus up until the cross where as a woman would give birth and I apologize for that barking if you guys can hear that there's little chihuahuas in my building a lot of them and they're so loud chihuahuas have the biggest mouth okay always talking this is a complete side note and they come up and they're barking at Molly and Molly's a big girl she's a hundred pound pit bull honey and she don't she don't bother them. She just keep it walking because she already know. If you if you want to find out. <laughs> now, now where was I? Okay. So we see Jesus imitating what a woman would go through in her birthing time, where there would be water and there would be blood. And that's what I'm saying, even though the male God is what was created we see that the feminine aspects of god is very much present throughout the bible i mean god being called el shaddai meaning the many breasted god jesus talking to the children of israel and saying as a mother hen i've wanted to come and bring you closer to me to take care of you um god referring to himself in the old testament as uh, a mother who's not going to forget her her child and who's you know still suckling on her breast and weaning that child off it's very present because if we notice in the old testament it was very hard for the people specifically the jewish people at the time to let go of goddess worship which is why they kept backsliding 
right? And so we can divorce God from being the corporate culprit of homophobia. We can divorce God, looking at the history of it and the anthropological timeline of this, we can divorce God from our culture and how we've created a God. And I say we very loosely, and, I'm, and when I say we, I'm speaking about now the Indo-European white male elite, divorce God from their image. And for sake of coming to a cliche to our, mod our modern day, God is not a white man. Is God a black woman? Yes. Now I'm just joking. <laughs> God is creator, creatress. God is reflecting of all of us. We are all the images of God. And something... I don't know. I don't want to do a part three of this. So I'm going to try to do this um, here really quickly because I'm not sure how long this has gone. And if you're listening for a while, I hope you're somewhere where you've, you know, had a drink, um, however you want to take your drink, something to eat, honey. Uh, come back to this later. I want to bring up this point about our bodies and sexuality really quickly. And if you want me to go deeper into this, send me a, send me a DM. It'll probably come up and later in the rest of our um, conversations, I'm sure. But the reason why we are so disembodied in this acid dream of the Indo-European male God is in order for them to completely divorce themselves from goddess worship they had to divorce themselves from everything that was in alignment with god as a woman which god as a woman as a feminine was a worship that was submitted to the cycles of the earth to nature and you can see when, and I can, I saw this in myself when I started to, when God spoke to me and said, I want you to see me as a black woman so that you can see your own divinity. I started to gather more natural things around me. I started to bring in more plants and witness the, the process of life from, you know, plants live. And if you don't have a green thumb, like I really don't, <laughs> um, they die. And I started to put my hand in the earth more and I started to put my hands on myself more and started to get into my body. And I learned how to sit still and how to breathe into my body and how my breath was healing, right? We don't hear these messages in Christianity in the male worship of Christianity because of this reason. There had to be a separation, a complete separation of male and female as we see in the garden, as we see in how Jesus is represented in the Synoptic Gospels. He has women around him that serve him and worship him, but there's no intimate relationship of love or sex or any of that with a woman if we assume that Jesus would have been heterosexual at the time. There is a complete separation 
from male and female. So male is in the sky, male is separate, male is creator, but creator is not connected to anything that's happening down here. Um, even Job says this, right? Your evil that you do doesn't bother God. God's all the way up there. Versus the female way of looking at the world and the earth, right? Mother Earth. And looking at the cycles that happen around us and honoring those cycles in our bodies. Even the way that I work my my business and really learning to trust my energy. When And y'all noticed it. When I'm on, I'm on. When I'm not, I allow myself... And I honor the cycles of my body. But the reason why we are where we are when it comes to homosexuality and just sexuality in general is the body is sexual for um, most of us. So we have our asexual and aromantic people. uh, But the body is a sexual body. And divorcing ourselves from male and female, female being connected to the body and female being connected to the earth and female being connected to things that naturally occur in the earth, right? Our sexualities are naturally occurring in the earth. Divorcing male and female, male is going to be the male aspect, right? Is going to be antagonistic towards honoring what you see as natural in your body because the God, the male God, isn't doesn't care about what's natural right the male god in the way that they worship god is interrupting nature and causing things bad things to happen and and all of all of the ways that uh we have interact and learn to interact with god very separate when we start to feel um depression and feel this aloneness i know that i sometimes Um, in the past have struggled with this and since I've been able to see God more embodied as the feminine aspect as reflecting of who I am as a woman the loneliness that I used to feel is very quickly and very quickly dissipates in those moments when I'm able to tap into that because God is here right God is God is with me God created me God is not separate from me we are one with God even the way that I've seen myself interact when I'm with nature, when I'm walking Molly. I mean, studying this, I've just been, it's been so clear to me how much we've been separated from ourselves because we've been giving, given this God, this patriarchal image of God only, right? No feminine aspects at all, at all even though it's still there, it's not explicitly honored how it separates us from ourselves. And so the conversation about, well, I was born gay versus, oh no, you're not born gay. The devil did that, right? Because when you're worshiping a God that's far away, a God that is male and has no interactions with the female, things are either happen because it's God's will or in the Christian mind, in the dualistic way of looking at the cosmics, it's either God's will or it's something malevolent, which is coming from Satan. And if you want to know the origin of Satan and how we got there, I have a three-part series on YouTube that walks us through this, okay? So here we are now, as queer people, looking at this history very plainly, hopefully I was able to make that plain for you, and hopefully you're able to track and connect the dots of how we got to where we are and bring some peace to your heart that although it's been occurring for 4,000 years, 
it does not mean that it has always been this way. And it does not mean that from the beginning, it was so. Because if, again, I have, I'll share something else with you, a little, a little uh, what's to call it? Uh, a little clap back. If someone says, no, from the beginning in Genesis, original design is man and woman. And you could ask them, well, since when the men start birthing human beings? Because the first, the woman came from the man. And that's not natural design at all. Okay. So <laughs> it's a little clap back there for you. But hopefully you can see the trace. Um, I try to condense this so that it's manageably understandable for for you if you want me to go deeper i definitely most definitely can but the question that i wanted to ask is not relevant now that i've come to the end of this conversation and i'm really glad i didn't ask it earlier if you're like me and you hate when people do that slide into my dms and i will tell you what the question that i wanted to ask you you all on this podcast is so if you are someone right now You've heard all of this and there's some measure of peace that's come to you. What normally happens when we listen to podcasts is, again, what happened to Blake. We mentally ascend to it and then we walk away. And in our subconscious, there's still this question of, but what if we're wrong? What if we're missing it? What if I'm wrong? If that question comes up for you after you've listened to my podcast, maybe it's time for you to devote some actual time invest some actual time into working on this and healing this because you deserve to be free you deserve to live openly authentically um caveat to those who are in countries that this is not safe for but you deserve to be a safe place for yourself i should say it that way you deserve for your mind and your heart to not attack you because you're queer you deserve to live beautifully as who you naturally are naturally you are perfectly designed as queer lesbian gay bisexual transgendered um intersex asexual aromantic all of our beautiful rainbow family you're perfectly designed as you are you are part of nature okay so that is the end of this episode today y'all wow I'm really happy I just flowed because this felt a lot easier <laughs> than last week because I was, I had so many things that I wanted to share with you all today and I'm really happy that it flowed the way that it did because more than likely, 100%, I'm sure, you needed to hear this today when you're listening to it. And if it's time for you to do the work, I'm here. I'm here. Reach out to me. Again, I love you all so dearly. Go powerfully and bravely into the day or into your night knowing that you are God's and goddesses' original design. Love you. Bye.